Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. I'm Greg B., joined today by Leslie. Hello! And Jacob. Hello! Uh, And today we're going to be talking a little bit about who we are, how we got into board games, how we joined the podcast, and just kind of some, you know, humanizing the faces behind the microphones. Uh, Or the voices behind the microphones. (laughs) Well, no, the voices are in front of the microphones. But uh, as the case may be, we're losing losing the the metaphor. Either way, uh, we're going to try to have some fun with it. Yep. So uh, we talked about a few questions ahead of time. So who wants to go first? Well, I can drive. Well, I think we should start with, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'll jump in. I am Greg B. I am a co-host of Dragon's Demise, as I'm sure you all know by now. Uh, an avid board gamer, video gamer, just general all-around nerd, and also an advocate. So I work in advocacy for reproductive health services. It's something I've been passionate about for a while, um, and I'm, I'm really glad to have the opportunity to be involved in actually trying to do some good on that front. Uh, not a lot of good news to go around uh, in that arena these days. But uh, that's, you know, outside of board games, that's certainly something that takes up a lot of my brain space. And yeah, I, uh, I graduated from grad school two years ago now and have been uh, just sort of working and and playing games ever since awesome Mm -hmm. jacob who Uh, are you who am i (laughs) the voice behind the dragon um i am uh jacob p and i I'm also an avid board gamer, as uh, no you, way, yeah, as you probably would have totally known. fooled me. Uh, one of the uh, resident completionists in terms of board games, for sure. Yep. But also, I do play a decent number of video games, and I've always enjoyed that. I actually started with video games uh, before board games and all that. But outside of that, I am an accountant, a forensic accountant at that. I do uh, international forensic investigations of different kinds of corruption, uh, fraud, and other such uh, types of bad people stealing people's money. So like, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take on the role of the listener here mm-hmm. for a moment and ask the question that's burning on everyone's minds: Have you ever encountered a stack of hundred dollar bills with a bloody handprint? <laughs> I have forensic not. accounting, man. That's like. That's I have not that is. handled any kind of cash like that, uh, for sure. I've had... There there have been drugs involved in some of the, the cases that I've done, uh, as well as I have been involved in cases that are very much on the front page of many newspapers and that you probably know as household names. So Okay. Um, All right. Little, little of that Miami Vice coming in. All right. I can dig it. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's fun. There's a whole movie called The Accountant. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. You're not secretly a hitman, are you? <laughs> No comments. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop pushing the issue. <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> or are you secretly Ben Affleck? Ooh, which <laughs> no. would be I more mean, intense? I don't no, know. I think you're taller than Ben Affleck. <laughs> probably, probably. And you don't talk about Boston yeah. enough. For, for those of you who have not met me in person, I am six foot four. So uh, there is that physical feature about me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I graduated from uh, university. Also, grad school finished two years ago and did my undergrad in business, my grad school in accounting, and then 
I also studied Japanese language and I uh, actually wanted to start with international studies before I got into the whole business side of things. So I uh, managed to figure out a way to put the, all that together. And now I, I just love Euro board games. So, you know, there's that too. <laughs> That's a form of international studies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now, um, Leslie, what about uh, you? Well, uh, my name is Leslie, and I'm not going to say how long ago I graduated. Um, I'm Let's just say I'm older than both of Jacob and Greg. All right, we'll and, let it go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I have a degree in Russian, which I use basically never these days, but I did work as a linguist briefly when I first moved to the D.C. area. After that, I ended up in nonprofit land, which I like a great deal. And I currently manage a certification for fundraisers. Uh, and I think it's pretty great to be able to um, support the people that are supporting such amazing causes. So, mm-hmm. um, and I get to see, yeah, you know, different applications from people who are supporting Planned Parenthood and, you know, USA weightlifting and all of these amazing, amazing different, uh, you know, schools and other organizations and it's it's pretty cool to be able to work with those folks and and support what they do and help um make the field of fundraising that much better mm-hmm. um so um and certification comes with its whole other level of nerd uh so there's mm-hmm. that um and i'm also working on a, getting my own certification here shortly in um data privacy for some reason because date keeping data private is important and the europeans made a whole bunch of rules about it and so i should learn them yeah i mean that's legit i mean you want to talk about stuff burning questions that's on everybody's minds i mean that's why did i get 15 million emails asking me to update my privacy (laughs) in may is it the gdr gdpr pr Ah, i was like general data protection regulation there you go all right we are not going to talk about that don't worry listeners because it's really boring yeah you've actually (laughs) you 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 half fell asleep and changed the channel to npr (laughs) yeah i won't talk about certificates and certifications and all of that and all the differences of what that means but if you ever run into me at a convention and you're really curious, I will talk your ear off. I will also talk your ear off about Russian grammar because I'm very passionate about it. Um, <laughs> much like I am about games and all my other hobbies, which we'll get to. Yeah. Be yeah. patient, damn it. There's, there's, there's more questions here. Yep. Oh, I have a super cool husband that also plays <laughs> games and he's a data scientist and... But he used to be a cartographer, and that was much more fun as far as job titles go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would love to be married to a cartographer. Well, he insisted that he didn't actually do cartography. Right. But everybody, you know, there's a perception that comes to mind when you hear a cartographer. So, like, if somebody asks you what your partner does, you could just look wistfully out the window and be like, they're out to sea. <laughs> just fuck with people. That's true. Uh, but usually... Uh, I don't know if Hunter would survive being out at sea if there weren't enough people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both my husband and I are hardcore extroverts. So if we ever do run into you in a convention, we'll be happy to chat with you and play some games with you and hang out. And yeah. Literally run into. Yeah, we do that too. Yeah. Um, I have my... Apologies in advance. <laughs> um, and even though Greg and I are both pretty introverted, we would still like to hang out with you guys at the convention. <laughs> so definitely don't hesitate to say hello. Yeah. We will yeah. likely be wearing some sort of chef's hat if we're at a, a convention <laughs> in the near future. It's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So next, 
Um, recently, I've been listening to a lot of sewing podcasts, which Greg laughed at me. I did. I didn't laugh at the, the <laughs> idea of a sewing podcast just as much as I laughed at the, you know, the existence of podcasts about literally everything. Literally everything. So I've been listening to a lot of sewing podcasts in the background at work and... Every one of them, when they meet a new person on the podcast, they ask, what is your sewing story? Uh, how did you get into the hobby of sewing? And I thought, well, why don't we ever ask that about board games? It's still relevant. It's still mm -hmm. a hobby. So I thought it would be great if we could share our board game stories. I think that's delightful, uh, especially because, you know, how you got into board gaming, I think, can really influence some of the, the types of games that you enjoy and some of the, you know, trajectory of how you appreciate board games, how you think about board games. I know for me it certainly did. So I think I've mentioned a few times sort of in passing that I started primarily with RPGs. Um, I played a lot of D&D 3.5 in high school, which is actually where my epithet, I suppose, as rules guy kind of <laughs> started. Um, I, Greg, I, the rules lawyer. Yeah, so I was part of a D&D &D group, and my character died. And I decided that rather than roll up a new character, I was still going to come to every session and I was going to sit in the corner and I was going to be the rules guy oh, that they wow. would consult. So they affectionately <laughs> called me Book Bitch. Um, and I just surrounded myself with, you know, because at that time, none of us had laptops. We were all in mm -hmm. high school. And, you know, I surrounded myself with... with you realize this high schoolers now have laptops. They, I, they I, issue them to that's them. Not, <laughs> that's not giving me some... some nostalgia here something that's not the right word anyway uh you know i would surround myself and this was late stage 3.5 so this is like you know we're talking sandrack and firestorm and all of the like every supplement under the sun and i would just sit happily in my corner and, and read the rules so that's really where i got my start with kind of tabletop games where you know whether it's rpgs or, or board games and then it wasn't until i got to college and then i i was introduced to board games so some friends and i played a lot of the sort of gateway games you know i've heard mm -hmm. a lot of people call them so settlers of Catan, dominion and we thoroughly enjoyed in particular dominion i remember staying up till you know one two in the morning just playing game after game of of base game dominion or i think we had intrigue or whatever the the fishing expansion was <laughs> um you know so we we would do that and then slowly that just turned into you know hanging out at game stores because a lot of us also played magic the gathering and and from there we were like oh well, this game looks interesting and someone would pick something up and it just kind of it spread from there into a lot of even pretty early on we were all pretty interested in co-op games because none of us were super cutthroat um we all liked I, we actually liked a lot of cooperation hmm. you know sort of everybody works together with somebody does the best or somebody kind of you know wins mm -hmm. uh or, or just gets a better reward uh than everybody else so we had a lot of fun with those and then you know eventually i came to to the dc area came to au and was actually formally part of the board game group for the first yep. time in my life and uh that really opened a lot of a lot of horizons for sure that is where greg and i met yep so, oh cool um, yeah at american university gamers and that was a fun time. For me, uh, my board game story started not actually too long before that. So pre prior to like late college, 
I'd only really played RPGs or, you know, the traditional board games, a few like that I got, uh, my family's from Poland, so they had a few Polish board games that I had. Uh, but all of these were the roll and move types. Like there wasn't really much going on there. Yeah. So you the didn't have the Polish copy of Mysterium? Not yet. Okay. I have it now. <laughs> that came but, later. But, but that came later. But uh, yeah, so I, w- I would be playing a lot of video games. Then uh, I went actually, funny story how I got introduced to RPGs in general, because I had no idea they existed until I believe it was ninth grade, something along those lines, ninth or 10th grade. I think the summer, actually, I think it was the summer before ninth grade that I went to Poland. And while I was there, I went to a sleepaway camp uh, where it was most of the Polish kids were learning English and I was polishing up my Polish. Uh, and there was a group of kids there who had D&D 3.5 with them. Hey, there it is. And I just got insanely fascinated by this. That is just like, oh, wait, you can like sit around and tell these fantasy stories with your friends and like roll dice and have like this all work. And how is this happening? And like, finally, they let me roll up character for like the last day. And I hung out and got to play one session uh, with, of course, my favorite, a druid. Of course. (laughs) And I got back from Poland that, uh, that summer and immediately purchased the three books online and then they sat in my closet for the next three years um because i'm noticing I, a, a through line here to your current board game library yeah <laughs> it was more because i tried to actually get people involved but i didn't know too many people especially not a lot of people who would be interested in that mm. so I, I tried to organize a group at one point i think it was, it was like ninth grade but the biggest problem that we ran into was we didn't really have a place to play because our high school like they pretty much kicked you out as soon as like the the school day was over it was just like no get out of here if you're not part of a sport so Mm. we couldn't really stay after and find a place there and it really wasn't working at like during the week go over to a friend's house and that kind of stuff wasn't really the best so it was just logistics didn't work out a friend of mine came up to me uh end of 11th grade saying hey uh so I remember you tried to organize D&D a while ago. Are you still interested in that? Because I would love to play. And I'm like, yes, hold on. You, 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 my sister as well. Come on, you're playing. <laughs> you had, it was all lined up. You had the crew ready to go. Oh, it was, it was like, I just needed that one little push. Boom. And then I uh, got pushed into RPGs and started playing again. I was actually uh, his best man um, at his wedding recently. So like oh, that, awesome. that's, uh, uh, you know, gaming connects people. Um, and then actually when I went to college, uh, one of one of the cool things is that I became an RA during my sophomore year of college. And when I became an RA, uh, my boss, uh, is now one of my best friends Mm -hmm. and that's, uh, Jason. We've talked about him and he's been on the podcast a while ago. So (laughs) hello. And one of the first things that I noticed, I got the job, I was a pretty much like a substitute kind of person. The person that they originally chose didn't, wasn't able to do it, so they, they called me. Mm-hmm. And after I accepted the job, and uh, Jason friended me on Facebook, and I, of course, went and stalked his Facebook wall. Like you do. <laughs> um, and I found that he had a whole bunch of videos about like D&D like parodies of different uh, songs. So like uh, Katy Perry's, I think there was one, yeah, Dungeon Master Girls that was on there that was instead of mm. um, California Girls and that kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm going to get along with this person <laughs> very well. This is going to happen. And so like one of my uh, first fun facts about me, like when we first met at staff meetings, I'm like, I play Dungeons and Dragons. 
of course, pointedly put that in there. And so we started playing D&D and that kind of stuff. And then there were three of us, uh, me, Jason, and Sebastian, who started playing board games. So I think, I don't remember which one introduced uh, who, but it was either Jason or Sebastian that introduced one of uh, the other two board games. And then they introduced me. Sure. And so this was already going into, I think, junior year of college. And that's when I really started like, you know, oh, there's this whole other world out there of board <laughs> games. Jason does take credit for your... Uh, yeah. I mean... Oh, he's definitely the one who introduced so. me. I just don't remember if, if he introduced Sebastian or Sebastian introduced him. Mm. So one of those two. But either way, the three of us, like we would uh, play... Uh, I th- our, our favorite, I think, was Race for the Galaxy. We played yeah. a lot of that. We played a bit of Seven Wonders. That was the first board game I ever bought. And... Um, and yeah, that's the, just where it started. After that, I started going to gamers. I um, started playing a lot more, and I started my now very, very large collection. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Jason has uh, sort of a dubious honor of having introduced you to board games, but also having been responsible for uh, I'm going to I'm going to call it thousands of dollars yes. worth of purchases on your part. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, he'll have to take responsibility for that. Yep. But that's pretty much my board game story. How about you, Leslie? Well, I would like to say that I come by my nerd honestly, that uh, my mom was a Trekkie from day one. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Classic. She made me a Star Trek The Next Generation uniform. Uh, when I was eight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I have pictures to prove it. I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I also come by my sewing. There it is. Yeah. 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 So I was always sort of interested in all those, you know, my mom was super into horror movies and Star Trek, and that's what I just grew up with. We didn't play a ton of games, um, although my mom could beat all of the kids at Tetris. She liked... At that, at that time, it was more like Trivial Pursuit and Scrabble mm-hmm. and that kind of thing that we had at home. Uh, mm-hmm. I did, fun fact, I left out of my bio. Uh, I grew up in Alaska, so it was... So the Russian makes a lot right, of sense. Right, yeah, so the Russian makes a lot of sense, but also um, it takes longer for stuff to get up there. It's not sure. as bad as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember when I was a teenager, there was... Uh, my dad's super into sports and so there was a a sports and comic store that we would go to all of the time um and i can't read comic books because they make me motion sickness motion sick Hmm. so you know and there was all these role-playing game books but my grandfather told me that my cousin played those games and he was worshiping the devil and i was kind of confused and i didn't really know anybody else that played them Mm -hmm. i did pick up my first magic deck at a star trek convention where i met marina sirtis uh with my mom in junior high there's a lot happening in that sentence (laughs) yeah yeah so um but then when i i met somebody else that was like oh you want to play this game and i was like yeah so i will buy the deck and i will play the game but then i never saw that person again and there was not facebook at that time so we didn't connect and and so somewhere, someplace in my parents' basement, there's a box of magic cards that never got played. <laughs> um, fast forward uh, to college, and I, you know, got my degree in Russian, and 
Um, I've always been a very, very busy person. I was, you know, taking a lot of credits and working part-time and tutoring and and so games never really appeared back in my life. And then I volunteered for the Special Olympics World Winter Games as an interpreter. Hmm. Yeah, I met Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was pretty cool. It's amazing. Pretty awesome. Yeah. And then I met someone who I ended up um, moving down to live with in Utah. And that person introduced me to LARPing. So I went from zero to LARPing. Yeah. (laughs) That is a a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have a lot of experience with LARPing, but I almost feel like that's the way to get into it, right? Because otherwise you kind of almost get scared off. Well, ultimately I was in a new place and that was the choice presented me for friends. And I was like, well, they're nerds and I'm like them and they seem to like me and we get along. So... Um, and other choice was Mormons. Well, yes. And there's nothing wrong with Mormons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't feel like joining their church. So I joined a LARP organization. And the person that introduced me to it eventually stopped playing. And I eventually took over storytelling for the Changeling venue and then was elevated to regional storyteller and then wow. national storyteller and then global storyteller for the the Changeling venue. Um so I got very, very, very involved in that That's really organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I met so many wonderful, amazing friends through that organization that I still am friends with today. Like people that I could just straight up call at three o'clock in the morning, even though I haven't talked to them in a year and be like, I need your help. And they'd be like, I'm there. So, and I wouldn't change that for the world. I'm not as involved as I used to be. It's a huge time commitment. Mm-hmm. So... Eventually, I met my now husband, Hunter, and when I went over to his house for the first time, I saw that he had some World of Darkness RPG books, and I was like, well, this will work out just fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because that's the particular genre that uh, the LARP organization I was in promoted. Right. Um, Although, very short, funny story, he went to a game without me once, and they were like... I thought you were just the token boyfriend. What are you doing here without Leslie? <laughs> and I know that that happens. I know that that happens so much for women. It was so funny for that to happen to Hunter. Yeah. Uh, and Hunter was like, no, I play games too. Um, <laughs> nice. So, and Hunter introduced me to more board games. Sure. You know, we collectively have approximately 200 board games now. Um, he had maybe 20 or 30 at the time when mm-hmm. we first started dating. And um, and he always wanted to go to a board game store when we traveled. And I remember, I think the moment that I was hooked was when we went to Chicago for a friend's wedding. And we went to this really cool game store called the Dice Dojo. Yep, I've been there Sounds as well. Pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, and they have this whole separate room where you can just there's a whole giant wall of board games and you can just pick stuff out and play it. I like it. And he was like, I would like to buy a game. I think you might like this game. Here's Sentinels of the Multiverse. Ah, And I was like, I can play a superhero and we can play cooperatively. This is amazing. Like, we we did play a lot of Lord of the Rings, the living card game as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I enjoy that game also, but I just like the superhero genre and mm-hmm. the cards were so cool and then I played Tachyon and I had two light speed barrages and I just destroyed the bad guy like it was mm-hmm. awesome and 
I was just hooked and I just wanted to play that game all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to play more games and uh, here we are. Now we have over 200 board games. Well, there you yeah, go. Yep. So, Gateway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the long roundabout story to how I got to board games. Awesome. All right. So it's so awesome to hear about all of our background and our board game stories. We have some questions that we asked the folks at Origins that I think is important. And I think burning question on everyone's minds is probably what is our favorite donut? It's true. By this point. (laughs) People have probably heard that question. Have heard specifically me ask that question. I asked it too. Nice. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. You mean to say you haven't gone back and listened to all of my interviews, Greg? I haven't. I'm a terrible, (laughs) terrible person. Uh, It's okay. So what is your favorite donut? Okay. All right. Here we go. How the turntables. My favorite donut uh, is a buttermilk chocolate glazed, which is, it's basically a chocolate cake donut Mm. with glazed just like regular icing uh on it but it's i don't know if that particular name is just unique to the place uh that i used to get it from in in my hometown or if that particular donut uh is unique but it was amazing when i had it at sundale donuts in the woodlands texas and if you're ever there you should get one you should get five (laughs) (laughs) and bring you one and bring me one yes (laughs) because it's fantastic that that is my favorite donut hands down all right I'll have to say that mine is uh, the traditional Boston cream with uh, chocolate icing on top. Mm. I really like that type of custard, and mm-hmm. uh, like the donut is just really good. This is, of course, when we're talking about like you know just garden variety American donuts. That's probably it. Right, I do you, have no, hit my... us with that Polish stuff. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. My probably absolute favorite donuts are ponczki, which are the uh, Polish uh, version of donuts that are made for Fat Thursday. Those are the ones with the raspberry center you made for us that one time? Yes. Yeah, those were good. So when are you making them again? (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I think the last time I made them, you you weren't able to eat them. Oh, well. But I will be making them again at some point soon, hopefully. We do have raspberries growing in our backyard, and I do know how to make jam. I love making jam. Me too. We should we should make that. This a, is a this is some synergy right yeah. here. Yeah. All right. As you can tell, we also like cooking. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, all right. So my favorite donut. I'm gonna have to go with regular donut, cherry frosting, colored sprinkles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. You need the color. Those colored sprinkles. Yeah. You get the toppings. Sort of start simple, but then work your way up. I feel like colored sprinkles are glitter for food yes i totally agree and also just because you plugged your favorite donut place i have to say if you're ever in northern virginia sugar shack i i don't eat donuts from anywhere else and next so next time we meet on saturdays i'm gonna gonna have to bring you guys some donuts yeah that's (laughs) that's happening yeah well i'm sure we'd be happy to reimburse you (laughs) they had pride donuts actually nice yeah for june yeah very good that's pretty awesome also rainbow sprinkles of course. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, because you can't not. All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the podcasts and why why we're on it. Why we, why Dragon's Demise? Yeah. I think Jacob should I, start. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I started the podcast uh, Dragon's Demise and I started with a friend of our, mine, Christian, with the first episode releasing on April Fool's Day of 2015. And... 
We started it pretty much because I was listening to podcasts uh, a lot at work and a lot of board gaming podcasts. And I was like, I could do this. This sounds like fun. Let me see what I need to start a podcast. Oh, I could just get a blog spot and like, start it this way. And then, of course, me being me, by probably the, um, I think it was probably around the third month, something like that. I'd already upgraded the mic once. Uh, I went from having a blog spot to buying my own domain name yep. and creating my own website yep. and doing all that kind of stuff because that's just how I function. All this is perfectly in character. And yeah, so it was just, it started off as a podcast that we were like, all right, let's talk about half of the podcast being D&D and half of the podcast being board games. Mm -hmm. And uh, that turned out to be an hour and a half long and that was a bit much. <laughs> Uh, so we started trying to like do different things, reviews, and in general, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, trying to review a game with someone when they live about four to five hundred miles away uh, is a little bit difficult if you both don't buy the game. Right. Yeah. So, At that point, one of you is reviewing the game, and the other one is nodding along, saying, "Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly, totally." So it was a little bit difficult to keep going with that. And Christian also got busy, so. Uh, he left the podcast uh, a little while later, and I did it alone for a little while, or quote-unquote did it alone, because there were like maybe five episodes that came out from that time period. <laughs> and then came Greg. Yeah, bam, segue. So uh, shortly after Christian left the podcast, as Jacob mentioned, you know, he, he kind of tried to keep it going for a while and, and sort of realized, decided that it, it worked better with a partner. Um, and at this point, we had known each other for about a year. Something like that. And he said, hey, uh, you know, do you want to be on the podcast with me? You know, I've got this this podcast, Dragon's Demise. Uh, we talk about board games and RPGs and stuff. And I said, yeah, okay. You know, because mm -hmm. at, at the time, being, being in school, even grad school, I had a fair amount of free time. Uh, and I loved playing board games. And this really seemed like an opportunity to have yet another excuse to play board games and also an excuse to talk about board games sort of critically from both a, a oh this is why i don't like certain aspects of this game and and from like a, a board game theory design standpoint one of the things that i didn't mention in my bio is not that i'm from alaska but <laughs> that i have a background in art history and and his proper history but art history more relevantly which sort of gives me a lot of background in thinking thinking critically about what the meaning of a particular thing is and how the pieces of a work whether it's you know a, a work of art or a board game fit together and how they generate uh meaning and how people interact with them so to be able to do that about something that was such a huge part of my life seemed like a really fun interesting opportunity and i and i took it and hell now here we are two and a half years later yep so wow. almost three yeah we started off in August, right before Washington. Really? Was it? Yeah. I for some reason, I was thinking your, it was your first January. episode came out. I think the week before Washington. Wow. Well, there we go. Almost mm -hmm. three years. Which is exactly how I met you guys through yeah. Washington. Through Washington. Yeah. Bam. Segway City we here. We are on top of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so last year uh, I joined the Washington staff to help put the convention together and Jacob and I ended up working together on the media team mm -hmm. and then on site I was involved I moderated the women in gaming inclusivity panel mm -hmm. 
because Jacob cleverly recognized that that should not be moderated by a man. Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, good call on that. Yeah. Um, I think it was a week before. Do you want to moderate this panel? Sure. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and I reached out. I, I I'd made some board gaming uh, connections on Instagram, and I reached out to um, some people to ask, you know, their feedback. And and then after that, after the convention, we were chatting, and I was like, yeah, you know, I really feel there should be more female voices, more women's voices in board gaming. And Jacob said, well, funny you should ask say that because we're thinking of asking you to be on our podcast. And I do strongly feel that there should be more female voices in board gaming. And it kind of came to, well, if I feel that, then I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and make my voice one of them. So yeah, that that's why I'm here. It took a little while to work out schedules. And I certainly can't make it here all the time. Uh, like I said earlier, I lead a busy life, mm-hmm. as you'll hear in the hobby section of this, <laughs> this uh, particular episode. But yeah. That's that's why I'm here, and that's uh, other than that, you guys are super fun, and we hang out and have a good time. Yep. And I will continue doing this as long as it's fun. And uh, I also think it's important to say that I do it so that I can connect with other people, mm-hmm. other people like me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did, mm-hmm, and you just did. Mm. <laughs> so no, I also did. Mm-hmm. Damn it! <laughs> you did. It was in unison, and you nodded at the same time. <laughs> Wait, you know, we're, we're like, we're some sort of weird twins from like a puzzle room in a video game. Like, can you tell us apart? One of us always lies. One of us tells the truth. Like, fucking yeah. All right. See? So much fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Always laughs. Yep. So as long as it's, it stays fun, I'm here. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we're so happy that you are. Well, yeah, thank exactly. you. All right. So I think... Let's talk a little bit about, we keep alluding to all these other hobbies that we have, other hobbies mm-hmm. that I have. So what are your other hobbies, guys? Yeah. Um, I sort of mentioned at the top that I play a lot of video games, and I would definitely categorize that as a hobby. So video games, RPGs, which I suppose we talk about on here, so it's not so much an other hobby as just something that I, I do frequently. But as I'm thinking now, that's kind of it in terms of sort of a traditional hobby structure i have lots of things that i enjoy doing if watching youtube videos counts as a hobby i think that's absolutely a hobby of mine i haven't actually gotten into any sort of like activity Mm. type of thing that i would would call a hobby mostly video games cool uh as for me i i have a few i don't have as many as leslie but uh (laughs) there's still there's time for that yeah um yeah that's why she's less she's the champ yeah exactly for me it's it's uh, first off i love volleyball i play volleyball uh whenever i can and it's just a fun sport for me and that's just one of the things that i very much enjoy doing whenever i have some free time and have people to play with and then i also cook a lot so cooking and baking i think baking in particular is really big for me yeah when my family does baking especially for christmas it is quite a uh, an endeavor and that's mostly like we did that when i was younger and then i got it started back up in my family and all that and i just love going in for a new recipe trying something out i have 
collections of cookbooks from around the world because I started collecting them from wherever I went to visit pretty mm -hmm. much. So uh, that's one of my biggest things that I just, whenever people come over, like Greg comes over every, uh, every week for the podcast and Leslie, whenever you're over, I, I'm always cooking something. There's always something going on, uh, some kind of food coming up. So that's, I think, one of my, my biggest things. And other than that, also, you know, video games when I have the free time. And I also have been trying to get into more art-related things. Mm -hmm. And this is partially, you know, related to gaming, painting miniatures and that kind of stuff. But also I've been watching a lot of art videos on online and starting to, like, learn to sketch, to draw, to do other things like that, which... I try to involve as much as I can with the podcast and that kind of thing. So uh, that's pretty much me in terms of hobbies. Cool. I was recently informed that my hobby is hobbies. Yep. Yeah. It's not, not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong. Not at all. Uh, so I, I come part of a community that considers themselves makers. I think making things is mm -hmm. at the core of most of my hobbies. I also enjoy cooking and baking and the challenge. I, you know, uh, I went paleo for a bit because I'm lactose intolerant and the recipes were all conveniently dairy free, but I also really enjoyed the challenge of making breads and other things with not regular flour. And yeah. that kind of thing is a lot of fun for me. I recently got an Instant Pot, and then Jacob got an Instant Pot. Yep. <laughs> and experimenting with all those kinds of things is a lot of fun. Um, but it all comes, again, back to making. I also... I learned to crochet about 15 years ago, and I learned to knit about 10 years ago, and I have been teaching knitting and crochet for about eight years now. And it was in a knitting class when I was informed that by one of my students that my hobby was hobbies. <laughs> I briefly had a loom for weaving but ultimately sold it because it was a taking up too much space and it was just too time consuming sure i do yeah. have a spinning wheel and i mean it straight up looks like it's from sleeping beauty i was about to say Cinder don't prick your finger it, yeah. there's not a spindle thing that you can really prick your finger on it but it looks like you i will show it to you next time we're you're at our house sure. but mm -hmm. it looks like it came out of a uh, cartoon, um, Rumpelstiltskin, Sleeping Beauty. Um, yep. Old school. Yeah, it's from Poland. Ooh, yeah. connection there. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I have a Polish spinning wheel. It's not an antique. They still make them. People still do that. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Just in case you know anybody was was uh, curious. Yeah, yeah. Actually, getting old antique ones is pretty difficult, and that's a whole other hobby on its own to try to like refurbish. Stuff. Yeah, refurbish the old ones. Mm -hmm. um, so I do spin yarn, knit, crochet. I sew. Um, when I sold my loom, I used the money for that to pay for a class to learn how to make my own jeans. All right. I have. A vague thought that one day I will make all of my clothes, but Hunter keeps interrupting me with clothes he wants made for himself. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to get in line, damn it. <laughs> I recently made him a pair of shorts that are pretty cool, uh, and I'm pretty proud of them, and I hope to make a bunch of other things. And I like ordering nerdy fabric. I have some fabric with meeples on it that I've made some shirts out of, and wearing stuff like that to conventions. And it's, uh, I have a dress with dice on it and stuff like that yeah. so um so i like working that into my other hobbies mm -hmm. yeah i make soap 
Um, Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I knew about the rest of these. I did not know that you made soap. Yeah. Um, I decided one day that it would be really cool to make Christmas gifts that were washcloths. I could crochet those, but what do you put with a washcloth? Well, clearly I need to learn how to make soap. It's actually not very difficult because you can buy it and then just remelt it and put in your mm-hmm. own sense. But mm. yeah. Jam was a big hobby for me for a couple of years. I have I insisted on being part of the whole process. I would pick the berries, make the jam, and then canned it all. And um, we, my friends and I briefly renamed all the flavors after breakup songs and we called it this is my breakup jam nice yeah and you know i delightfully punny yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. um one hobby that jacob didn't mention of his is puns puns oh this this this, we had uh strawberry that i used to know and uh, what's that taylor swift song about breakups other than all of them i was about to say which one (laughs) yeah Anyway, we had the Blackberry song. Blackberry was one of hers, but I can't now remember. Black book? No. I'll remember it later. And We're embarrassing ourselves right now. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, I think, all of my hobbies. I also enjoy antique stores uh, and vintage shops. Did you ever Mm -hmm. make it out to the one in Columbus? I did. And one of the shirts I bought actually is totally handmade, and I'm... I'm gonna have to alter it so that it'll fit me, but hmm. still handmade. Yeah, yeah, still handmade, and I can and I can do that. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, quite a list. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of hobbies, uh, but again, like I said, I come by them honestly. I am my mother's daughter, 100%. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think then next we should. We've been recently talking about how we refer to ourselves on social media and being dragon's demise that uh we each have a dragon type yeah uh you know we are dragon's demise and we've had that as sort of a pretty consistent part of our our nomenclature for a while you know we had the the dragon's den Mm -hmm. vlog series you know we talk about well i guess board game bistro is kind of its own thing but we we had talked about ways to sort of try to make that draconic somehow and ultimately decided that the cooking team i mean Sure, dragons can cook, but probably probably best not to force it. But one of the things that we didn't have was draconic sort of identities for ourselves. So we kind of came up with some of them. And of course, you can't... Okay, you could come up with draconic entities without referring to D&D. But why would you when there's an entire <laughs> book about just dragons? Yep. So we each chose identities from among uh, the 3.5 dragons. And I chose silver. Uh, I think that it meshes fairly well with my personality. Certainly the their sense of justice. Certainly their sense of sort of versatility um, and shape-shifting and, and blending in to enter new environments and just sort of go unnoticed. Less so, perhaps, their desire to interact with those environments. Um, but I mean, you know. I think uh, overall, I think I'm just a, a relatively quiet silver dragon. There we so, go. So, uh, in the future, there will probably be some posts that you see from Dragon's Demise, whether on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, uh, that are are hashtagged uh, DD Silver. Yep. And they'll be from me. Um, and for me, I went and looked through all the metallic dragons 
and was not really the uh, like couldn't find a fit there looked at the chromatic dragons but they're evil yeah so i didn't really want to go for them either so i went for the gem dragons which makes total sense for me because i am currently sitting looking at my rock collection behind greg <laughs> so makes sense that's uh, another hobby fyi I wasn't sure if I should classify it as that because it's like... Well, I just realized yeah. I forgot another very important... I forgot another very important hobby. Uh, I Yeah, anyway. <laughs> you both collect rocks? Uh, no, but... Well, I used to when I was little. I was well, obsessed. I, everybody did. I was I was I was gonna be a geologist when oh, I was in like damn. fourth okay. grade. You really collected rocks. Yeah, okay. and then... Me too. Yeah, <laughs> and then I just fell yeah. by the wayside. No, I forgot to mention CrossFit. Ah, it's a hobby. Uh, that is, yes, yep, that's yes. definitely a hobby. I often forget to mention it because I don't want to be one of those people that only talks about it. But it mm-hmm. it's an important part of my life. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, to we totally cut you off apologize. as you were talking about your crystal yeah. dragon. No worries. Yes. Um, so yes, uh, I decided to go for uh, crystal dragon, who is dragon who is very much has uh, its head up in the clouds like <laughs> loves stargazing loves doing that kind of stuff uh leaves the day-to-day to the other people and then just like has the ideas kind of thing so uh, I, fig- I figured that it fit me decently well that uh, that's just how my personality is in general that like i'll have an idea and be like ooh, ooh, let's do that let's do that and like definitely bite off more than i can chew always but um <laughs> uh, in general i i'm fine flying with my head above the clouds cool well i also did the same thing you know if you want to pick your dragon i recommend going to wikipedia Mm-hmm. reading the description of dragons what really sold me though was the brass dragon when it says that the brass dragon's preferred treasure is handicrafted work in materials such as bone wood stone or fabric particularly weaving and i said this to the group and everyone went you clearly are a brass dragon yep and then it, the, but it gets actually deeper because uh, brass dragons learn languages very quickly and mm-hmm. i also um you know i have a degree in russian and i picked up languages very quickly if i with the exception of hungarian um <laughs> <laughs> every time i've gone to a new country within a couple of days i'm i am fluent enough to get around i, mm-hmm. I fluence the wrong word i'm you know proficient. i can proficient enough to understand the basics of what is going on that i can get around Although I went to Budapest last year and Hungarian is gibberish and I am sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But this says, you know, a a brass wormling can become fluent in under an hour in any language once they are presented with it. I think that's pretty cool. So clearly I'm a brass dragon. Um, They're also Mm -hmm. very physically distinctive and I like to stand out in the clothes that I wear. So it all works out. So I'll be DD Brass. Okay. And and yeah, my my so my my call tag is going to be uh, DD Crystal. So perfect. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. So then we can sign our posts on Instagram and Twitter, and you can know who you're talking to. And yep. yeah, yep. Uh, also, I feel relevant to point out, Leslie, you're wearing a How to Train Your Dragon T-shirt right now. I I am. Uh, which is just delightful. Why? Thank you. Why? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very appropriate. Yeah, I thought so when I was deciding what to wear today. <laughs> All right, so I think that this brings us to our final question, which is probably one of the hardest questions. If you were trapped on a desert island, what game would you bring? 
Right. So, like, it's <laughs> sort of a hard question. Except not really, because I know exactly which game Greg is already choosing. Right. Yeah. It's going to be Spirit Island, <laughs> which everyone saw coming. Um, I mean, but I'm actually. Envisioning you trapped in a desert island playing a game about an island, and it's kind of hilarious. It's very meta. I feel like, well, yeah, and I feel like I would slowly lose my mind and just start to take on, you know, I would become one of the spirits and people would try to rescue me and be like, back invaders! <laughs> or something like that. Um, but no, actually, though, I, I have thought about this, and on top of the fact that it's my favorite game at the moment, it is a game with a lot of replayability, especially if you have the Branch and Claw expansion. Uh, you know, the events add a whole bunch of permutation yeah, and really introduce do. a lot of randomness and, and again, just replayability. You've got um, sort of the levels of adversaries, like you've got a progressive challenge that you can work your way through and a, and a sense of accomplishment once you get there. But also, key for any board game that you're going to play while you're trapped alone on a desert island is a solo mode. You know, yep. I, you could bring a multiplayer game and it's not necessarily the wrong thing to do and just play both parts or all the parts but i feel like in order to you know really get the full experience out of this desert island game you gotta have a solo mode so yeah. spirit island for me easy choice all right i i'm having a tough time choosing but i think i think i got one all right for me, I think one of the biggest things is, yeah, it has to have a solo mode, but it also has to have some good storytelling in it. And so I think that the game that I would choose that I think has probably some of the most replayability that I've uh, seen is probably Seventh Continent. Mm, yeah, It has so much going on there that I think, in general, it would just be a lot of fun to go through all the different curses, all the different cards, tiles, and all that kind of stuff, and just figure out like what the, how this whole game is put together i could see myself just like taking it and like laying it out at one point like you know for however many square feet it takes up because like there are thousands and thousands of cards in there yeah um but yeah so i think that for me it would probably be seventh continent all right it's a good choice all right well Leslie? so I won't pick Spirit Island because you did. <laughs> I mean, you're no, welcome to. No, it's fine. Um, we could even be trapped on the same desert island. Well, that would be great. Defeats the purpose, and, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about a lot of different things when I was thinking about this question. I, I considered briefly Rising 5, which we just played, because mm -hmm. I could solve those puzzles for days. <laughs> but then I thought, well... The app probably wouldn't work on a desert island, so that might not be the best plan. I don't know why I got so real about it, <laughs> um, but I think in the end it's going to be Sentinels, mm, you know, yeah. with all of the expansions, even the one That's I don't a, have yet. That might be more cards than uh, Seventh <laughs> Continent. <laughs> I don't know about that. Seventh Continent has a lot of cards. I mean, isn't like the the big box of that supposed to be like? doesn't have to be made of wood in order to like actually support all the cards no it's not made of wood or um, there was something they, like with support or something. yeah they had they went through several iterations of what the box was going to be made out of um, yeah. and i don't actually remember off the top of my head what it's made of um we haven't received the oblivion boxes yet yeah um because of that reason they were working really hard to make sure that it was a quality box because right. it mm -hmm. was kind of a big add-on so yeah yeah, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you how many cards are in that game, but like I could play different heroes and different villains and act out different little scenarios from superhero stuff for a very long time. For sure. So. There you go. All right. So I think that's, uh, that's a really 
it cuts to the core, I think, of who you are. You know, <laughs> if you're stuck on a desert island, what game do you bring? It says a lot about you as a person. I agree. I yeah. agree. Uh, and well, there you have it, guys. Uh, that is just a little bit of a peek into us as Dragon's Demise, an intro to the three of us who you're listening to, hopefully on a weekly basis. And for those of you who are just joining us, uh, we really appreciate it and we wanted to uh, let you guys know a little bit about us. We are really doing this as a podcast because we want to connect with you guys. We want to connect with people who are like us. Absolutely. And what better way of uh, telling you guys that than telling you a little bit about who we are. So I uh, hope that you enjoyed the, our little stories reminiscing and uh, the little random facts that you learned about us this week. Thanks, Greg and Leslie, for, for being here. Yeah, of course. Great. Uh, and uh yeah tune in next week for our review